0: You're listening
1: to the Metamorphosis podcast. What's up girlfriend? Welcome to Metamorphosis with Mackenzie. Where transformation and inspiration meets empowerment delve into the realms of science, spirituality, and personal growth as I share tools, powerful hacks, and captivating stories from my travels and experiences all around the world. Not only am I going to have you fully entertained, but as a self love and glow-up coach, I'm going to have you on your way to your hottest, happiest, healthiest, and most successful self before you even know it. So sit back and enjoy or pop those AirPods in and get your hot girl walk on. Let's dive into it. Fallon, I want to welcome you to Metamorphosis. I'm really excited to dive into some of the topics you and I connected in a very unique way. I just want to open this podcast episode up with the DM that I received from you because I think that this is really going to kind of paint the picture. And so this is back on October 28th, said, hey, sorry to bother you, but I had a few questions for you, girl to girl, if you're willing to chat. Scammer and I are done and I've officially cut him out of my life completely, but I'm having a hard time processing how messed up his behavior was and how someone can be so cruel and lack any remorse or empathy. I remember his aunt mentioning something about you posting about abuse, and when I questioned it, he told me that it was regarding someone else and that he had treated you perfectly. I never forgot it, and now that more time has passed, it's very hard for me to believe that considering what he's done to me. I don't want to get in your business, but I feel like everything he told me about you was pretty much a lie, along with everything else. I've never experienced someone like this, nor did I know they existed. I'm low-key scared of what he's capable of. Did you experience this? If so, I'm sorry. You seem like you got out and are thriving, so good for you. If this is too much to talk about, I get it. Just know you've made a very good choice. It, like, makes my heart race again
0: just thinking about it. Me too. The fact that like I was in that place and oh, I'm like so glad. I remember being afraid to send that message too. I was just like, what if she thinks that I'm trying to, I have like an ulterior motive or what if they're more friends than I thought or, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. It was really just like a gut feeling that I needed to reach out to you. And- it honestly kind of brought back a lot of
1: that tension and triggering and like I felt a little scared. But after opening it, I remember reading it and crying because it was just so revealing and validating to the experience that I had.
0: I am so grateful for our relationship and for you being so warm when I did reach out. I have always been a girl's girl, so I'm naturally just like, I want to talk to the woman. Like, I want to talk to the girl. What does she have to say? Um, I just feel like we have all been through it to some extent and Mm -hmm. like you don't want to see another girl going through that so reached out to you I also um reached out to another woman before you like the original to get like the correct yeah 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 and um she was also super cool so I am like eternally grateful for both of you guys kind of shedding some light when I was in a very like confused place being manipulated and all that so
1: do you want to talk about kind of the headspace you were in and I guess just where you were at when you first reached out
0: yeah um so my headspace is not good (laughs) it was the last few months kind of the mask was falling off of this person that I was dating and like nervous system out of control um So I started to realize like something was very off, but it didn't really all click together for me because I think I was just in such a confused space until the initial, I had been cheated on, confirmed that I was cheated on and he was still like lying. To this day, probably would never admit that he did anything. And it's like, I have facts that say otherwise and I would present the facts and it would still be like, just delusion I don't know what other way to put it it's not just like a guy lying it was like he believed what he was saying to some extent and that's what like freaked me out and that's what I realized I'm not dealing with like just a normal like shitty guy like he is not I just started to be afraid of him and then everything started to unravel and it started questioning things and something that happened like four months ago all of a sudden that clicked oh this is actually what happened or like putting it all together mm-hmm. and, um, just realizing that like this person is truly just not stable and scared because, I mean, I had dated him for eight months or so and I knew he wasn't thinking clearly. I knew, um, he had threatened me even though he's the one that cheated. Um, yeah just all these things that I had never experienced from a person before and I didn't know what to do and I could talk to my friends about it but they didn't know either they were just like it was hard to process it all at once so I guess I was kind of looking for also it makes you feel kind of crazy because you're like is this really a hundred percent yeah and and you're being told that you're all these things and that um it's your fault and like it's just it's a lot so I had remember he talked about you throughout the relationship and you know lied about how you were so horrible and how yeah. he was so giving and you talking to you really had it was like a pivotal moment where everything kind of clicked for me and I felt a lot less crazy cuz we had different experiences but with the same person so yeah we could relate to each other and it was just like a very comforting just having the same opinions was just like wow like I'm not the only one that feels this way and there's probably more women that have felt this way and then you sharing your healing process and how you went and traveled I've also traveled a lot prior to that relationship so like relating to you in that way and the fact that you solo traveled is just like something that I admire so much and like you're a badass for doing that and um Then obviously you have this whole program that is amazing and you've shared a little bit of the tips for me to heal and, you know, self-love was really important at first because you go through blaming yourself for how could I let this happen? How could I not see this? So it was just like for those first like few months, it was a healing process and you kind of helped me navigate that a little bit. So I'm very grateful.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think that you brought up a couple of really good points that I want to touch on. When you're involved with somebody who has no problem lying and lies so well that they believe their own lies, it is really hard to stay level-headed in what you think is the truth. It It's almost not just gaslighting. it's a, It's a completely different person that flashes in and out depending on the situation, the moods, the dynamics, and where you fall in that pattern. So the fact that you had friends there to validate certain things and say, no, Fallon, this is the facts. You're not crazy. You're not the reason. That's such a blessing. I used to be the girl who, when things went wrong in my relationships, I kept it very quiet. I always kept it to myself. I wouldn't talk to my family about it. I wouldn't talk to my friends about it because I was honestly embarrassed. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: instead of talking to other people about it, I kept it to myself and I let him be the voice of reason. And that's where I continued to fall into that same cycle and into that same pattern where it was like, oh yeah, okay, maybe this is someone normal. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe I am making a big deal out of this when it's not supposed to be. And I'm the one who's wrong for that.
0: Which is so crazy that Someone can convince us of that. Like I consider myself not that naive of a person. Like I've been around, I've experienced a lot of things, and like life hasn't been easy. i I feel like I have a good head on my shoulders, and to look back and know that I was at least like almost like there was always part of me that was just like no, this isn't right. But mm. I was questioning a lot, I was questioning everything, <laughs> all the yeah. time. So just like. to anyone that is going through that, it's don't be too hard on yourself. Like it's a manipulation tactic that they use and that they have perfected and -hmm. that they get better and better at every time. Yeah. I'm so, so grateful for my friends. Um, I have no idea what I would do without them. And that's another thing is he didn't like my friends and my friends are amazing. So (laughs) it's just like, it's not even that he like openly didn't like them, but he would kind of like hate on them or I would go hang out with them and be watching a movie and being freaked out that like I was cheating and like having to take a picture with my like oh she's like yeah I'm like what do you mean no she's not she literally doesn't even like talk to boys like it was just when they try to seclude you from your friends get out is yeah yeah red flag red flag number
1: one if this person's trying to isolate you Mm -hmm. in many different ways because that's actually one thing that I wanted to talk about too it doesn't just have to be isolating from your friends something that happened specifically within him and I financially I was the person who was in charge of the credit cards I was the person in charge of the bills I was in charge of like the insurance like all of the things that were like costly like managing the bills okay Mm -hmm. those all had my name on it And nothing with the business on paper had my name on it. So again, looking back, I'm like, wow, red, like major red flag, right? Like if you're building a business with somebody, unless you're married, where you get to go through an actual legal process, you still need your name on everything. You still need to have some sort of documentation between the two of you saying, this is who's building this. This is who's allocating this. This is where this money is going. This is where this money is going. This money was sent for this reason. With these expectations. I had none of that. I had absolutely none of that. And coming out of that relationship, I tried working with cops and um, lawyers to try and get some of my money back and investments back. And because things had quite literally been transferred from my accounts to his accounts, there was no red flags on paper in the court of law. Saying that there was anything wrong because it looked like I consented to all of it, which technically I did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's something that, again, in hindsight, red flags all over it. But when you're in the middle of it, it sounds like, oh, yeah, okay. Hey, babe, you want to manage the bills and stuff like this? Like the money's always going to be here. Here's my cards. Like him and I shared cards. It was, it was never a big deal. There was never really a big red flag up until I left and I was like, fuck.
0: He would have told me that. <laughs> like somehow I wish I would have came across that. We could have like other womaned him or something.
1: Well, and that was, that was one of those things where I almost reached out to you. I was so frustrated because this man at some point went into my portfolio and like transferred himself stuff that I never actually consented to. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was really upset because I'd been trying for weeks and months to get this money back from him. And I remember one night, crying over my phone I'm like please just send me back my money please like give me back what you know is mine and I have text messages of this and I remember him saying I'll give it back to you when you're done being a psycho and I was like what the like first of all the projection is so real with him (laughs) I'm like I'm like I'm the least psycho human being in the world and the one time that I had considered messaging you was when I then turned around and I said to him, I said, okay, if you don't want to send me this money, I'm going to ask your new girlfriend for this money back so that she's aware you have it. He just like laughed me off kind of thing. And I was like, I don't want to involve her in this. This isn't her fault. This isn't her fight. The last thing I want to do is actually look like the crazy psycho ex-girlfriend coming back, trying to get
0: money." That's what you were saying. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I, I honestly just didn't end up messaging you about it because I was like, this is just not going to get me anywhere anyways. So, so on the
0: other end, he already was setting his stage for if that had happened because he was, and this is all like coming, I mean, I've buried all this stuff so it's all coming <laughs> back as we talk about it, but he um, would tell me that he gracefully gave you 10 grand when you left. Yeah. You needed it, that whole thing, which whatever. And then he was saying that you were stealing some from him and you weren't giving his back like literally flipped it. And then I think like, uh, I don't even know if like his mom was involved with it or something. Yeah. But...
1: I got his parents involved. I told them I was going to go to the authorities if he didn't give me my money and give me my investments back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember him saying something about like how you were stealing from him and I didn't like think anything of it. Cause in my head, you're like this horrible ex-girlfriend that cheated and he was like perfect. And I, in my head, I'm like, fuck that girl. Like she didn't treat you right. <laughs> Which is so ridiculous to look back on now and like think that that was what... I mean, I was fed that, so... Right, right. Yeah, no other reason. I would have liked to think that I would have believed you if you reached out to me. Um, But again, I was kind of brainwashed, I think, so...
1: You and I, we broke down so many lies, so many stories. And it was crazy to see how we could actually point out the ways in which the stories had been twisted because it was almost a con it was almost a very clear pattern of what was going on it was like the exact things that he did (laughs) switch and say the other person did that to him
0: yeah good strategy i'll give it to him like it worked (laughs) (laughs) right it works until the girls communicate i had my doubts and i just ignored them like even like with the love bombing with so many things i googled like what are the characteristics of a narcissist so many times before yeah. I, I believe it yeah it was like I was in denial and that wasn't until like months in but even from the beginning it was just like this feeling like this person wasn't being authentic mm-hmm. and like they were more so mirroring me or mirroring maybe even you like honestly yeah I love that, like using whatever he can to win someone over and it's funny to look back on like I saw a TikTok or something the other day of like men steal ex's personalities to use on the next girlfriend That was like like part of that could be kind of true like things that I found appealing about him like even your guys's apartment I'm just like oh my gosh it, like you can decorate really well I really like his style not his style took full credit for it though but yeah I mean, I got off a little off track there but
1: no it it, it just it's it's comical in a way to look back and reflect on it again because we were able to share those stories and share the experiences and you know one thing in specific that I remember I think I was living out in Thailand at the time and I think this was more so towards like the end of your guys's relationship I had completely cut him off because at this point I left the business it was one of those things where I was like I can't do this anymore whether I have a paycheck coming in guaranteed or not like I need to get the fuck out so I jumped I made the leap um And I remember him calling me one day, like randomly when I was in Thailand, I hadn't heard from him in months. And he had told me that you had cheated on him and that you guys were broken up. He was trying to find out where in Thailand I was because he wanted to come and see me. And I wasn't telling him any of this stuff, but I was just like, dude, you know what? I'm sorry, this happened to you, but let this be a learning lesson. And maybe you should be single by yourself for a little while. And then yeah. I remember he called me and maybe a day or two later, and it was about work stuff, like paperwork that we had for something else. And I remember asking him, I'm like, you know, how are you doing? Like, is everything okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, we're back together. And I I just remember laughing at him because I was like, are you dumb? Like, yeah. what? But then talking to you, that was when he was accusing you of cheating on.
0: Didn't he have a whole story too? Like A whole story. That is an entire different level of, like, insanity. Like, an entire detailed story, bro? Like, Mm -hmm. what? And, like, I guess he just thought it would never come back to me. But, like, the fact that I have heard this, I wish he kind of knew that I knew what he was saying, so he felt stupid. That amount of detail in a story that's just completely not true, that who knows how many people he told. That's a whole nother thing with, like, narcissist that you don't realize you're signing up for is when you break up they will say whatever they can think yeah. of to smear campaign you yeah. and you just have, that's like is kind of a a thing that I had to deal with because I cared a lot what people thought of me like I just I it really bothered me when someone would hate me or whatever I'd always wanted to be seen as like a friendly person that uh, whatever and yeah. I knew for the fact that if he was saying that he was saying a lot more and I just had to kind of sit with that and accept it. Like, okay, he's going to say whatever he's going to say to whoever he wants to. And the people that know me my character will speak for itself. And it did. I had a lot of people come up to me and be like, say that exact thing. Like, yeah, we knew from the start. Like, and even looking back, people, people caught on to his stuff. Like mm-hmm. people stayed away from him. And I kind of thought it was like, I don't even know. Like I was just like do people not like like us that much or what's going on and he would just be like everyone's jealous. <laughs> like everyone's so jealous of me and all the girls are just jealous of you cuz you're dating me and like <laughs> so absurd it's but so like gross. So so corny, but um yes, yeah, so that's something. That's a lesson that it was really hard for me to learn is like I need to just know who I am. myself and nothing else really matters so
1: yeah yeah I remember experiencing that also and feeling like I had to defend myself for a while because again it was it was all within my business so these were people who really did respect me and I wanted to maintain that level of respect and you know again at the time I we were at the top of our fucking game in our business, we had a network of 3000 people and I was getting hate messages on my Instagram saying that I was the shittiest mom for abandoning my child, for abandoning (laughs) my relationship, for cheating and all these things. I just remember going through that and eventually hitting a point where I was like, you know what? I ended up like, taking a break from my business for two months I didn't use my phone I told my leaders I said if you absolutely need me you can call me and I will probably call you back within 24 hours because at that point I was hiding out I literally stopped trading stopped talking to people I had my phone off because I was so scared you have every to- second I touched my phone
0: yeah you have to I, I swear I'm convinced that there's a moment like when you do break up with a narcissist sociopath whatever um that you have to hide out. You want to, like, I'm, I've had my reactions of like, if I'm disrespected, I've had some like, kind of not crazy reactions, but I don't tolerate it. Not with him. I was just like, I want to be out of the spotlight. I don't want to be the target of anything. I want him to forget my name. I want him to move on, which he tried so hard, like had six girlfriends in like a month. And, but still (laughs) like nonstop call, no caller ID me for months. Yeah cash at me just to talk to me like what I wouldn't answer it's just like I just wanted to starve the the um parasite basically and like find a new host as selfish as that was it was just like I wanted him off my back I didn't even want to react I just wanted him gone so I can totally relate to just like laying low and just hoping that they go away yeah but um another thing about you said, uh, the abandoning your son. Yeah. He, 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 um, that's horrible first of all, cause I know how good of a motherly influence you were on him. Um, so he also said, I obviously adore his son too. Um, that's the most heartbreaking part of any of it and really the only real heartbreaking part. And I know we both still think about him and, you know hope he has the strength to be better than all this and stuff but something that he said to me this is when I just thought he cheated like and I thought that maybe I could still have a relationship with his son I didn't want to just vanish
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then it slowly started getting more ridiculous where I feared him so I couldn't be around his son and like that was the hardest thing for me to sit with um and I asked him what did you tell his son and he said that you abandoned us Ugh. I was like are you effing kidding me like not only do you know how much that hurts me because you know how untrue it is because you've made it so insufferable to be have any contact with you mm-hmm. but then you're gonna tell your three-year-old son hmm that someone abandoned him, that was like a part of his life for a little bit. And that was one of his best friends for a little bit. Like, I just don't understand that entire situation of his boundaries with his son is just like disgusting to me. And I just, I cannot believe that he doesn't think these are such impressionable ages for him. And he's just like, uh, it's just, it disgusts me.
1: Yeah, yeah. He did the same thing with me. Honestly, his son was a big reason that I held on for as long as I did, because I loved that child. I still love that child. Like you said, you know, both of us have conversations about how we wish him well so often because of the timing and how long him and I were together. His son grew up and was calling me mommy. Like that was just kind of how our household ran. And it was never something that I pushed. It was never something that, you know, his father pushed. It was just how the child grew up and we wanted it to be as organic as possible at that time. There were so many times after we had split that he would send me videos of his son or like voicemails of his son and being like, mommy, come home. Like, mommy, can't wait to see you. Mommy, I miss you. Mommy, I'm sad. It was so heartbreaking. And again, it was the hardest thing to see. I had a reading afterwards with one of my tarot readers and she said a really important thing to me. And she asked me, she said, Kenz, do you plan on being in this child's life when he's seven years old, 15 years old? And I was like, maybe, you know, maybe, but honestly, I don't want to deal with his dad, like 15 years of dealing with his dad. Holy fuck. No, like absolutely not. And so when she asked me that she's like, if you're not going to be somebody who can 100% be there till he's seven, 15, 18, 20 years old, then it's best to just remove yourself and let it be forgotten. And I think that that was something I felt incredibly guilty for and I had to save myself because by the time I had left that relationship, I was physically sick. I was so depressed. I was so anxious. It's it's hard. And I think that any bonus moms, bonus dads, you're not only dedicating yourself to the individual you're dating, you are somebody who's present in that person's life. And kind of like you said, one thing that you and I both are really disgusted by with our ex's behavior is the fact that he has no problem bringing in tons of different women every other night and allowing his son to crawl up in bed with them in the morning
0: yeah which is something that um the other woman that I talked to mentioned to me and she was also very like grossed out by that and, like just like what are you doing why is he in here it was like a one not only one night stand but you're cheating on your girlfriend and your son's in bed with you guys and she's naked and then your son finds his shirt and or her shirt and he makes a joke about how like oh my three-year-old just found your shirt almost got caught like it's just on top of other things that I've said about like things that I found just in the lack of boundaries in that area of like your son is three years old. Even if he wasn't three years old, why are those worlds ever colliding? Like, why Mm -hmm. do you think it's okay? He's not two months old, dude. He's three years old. He understands some of what's happening, maybe not fully, but it's just like, so irresponsible and careless to let that happen. And that's just what we know. Like, I don't even want to think about anything else. So. Yeah. Yeah, it it grosses me out, and it get like that more than anything makes me so mad to think about. Mm-hmm. Same. And Same. I did reach out to, um, the son's mom, as you know, uh, just a little bit, like very brief communication. But I found some things, and I knew that like I couldn't. There's no way I could have not showed her that. And I'm glad
1: that you shared that with his mom because if. If this specific organization, which is a large organization, catches something like that, saying that it's indecent, it's child abuse, that it's completely inappropriate, and that things are being like seized, frozen, whatever the, their actual verbiage was, that right there is enough proof that there is something extremely wrong and that is shaping the child at the end of the day okay so whatever ended up happening
0: with that uh she just like thanked me for it and said like do you mind if we go to court if I use this information and I told her I had a restraining order and um she's like do you mind if I mention that and I was like do whatever you need to just protect your son like yeah it's happening over there and it's not just a case of okay yeah you're his father's immature it's like His father doesn't even think about his like mental well-being. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly what happened with that. I assume that she brought it up in some level, but we both know how the court system is, and you have to have very multiple solid things to go off of. So
1: yeah, yeah. And to be honest. (laughs) Back when I first met him and, you know, was with him probably within the first year of us being together, we were constantly in court battling for custody. And I don't even know if you know all the stuff that went into that, but there was like CPS was involved within their relationship. I only know beginning. that for yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff before I even met him. And so it was just, it's just crazy because I saw him as such a good father someone who was willing to do anything for his child and to then see the documented proof that just disgusting behavior and yeah actually like I don't I don't really want to go into that specific
0: case yeah but yeah it's it's just like it is heart-wrenching to even, cause I felt the same. I was like, that was one of the biggest appeals for me too. Cause like he was not my type. I was kind of found him like corny and like not whatever. And was one of the biggest things is like, oh, he's a good dad. And like, why would someone, you would like to think that once guys are fathers, that they've, you know,
1: matured.
0: Not- yeah, matured of <laughs> any type of emotional intelligence at all. <laughs> like- but so yeah, that was a big pull for me. And like, sometimes he is a good dad. That's like, undeniable, but um, mm-hmm. can't be the, the times he isn't can't be as bad as it is. And looking back, it was like, why was he always pawning him off on his parents to babysit and like for him to go out or for Yeah, it was just like, you only get him for 50% of the time, and you don't really have a job. So like, what is the big why do you need so much help? Why are you trying to There's just a lot of things that looking back on, it's like, um, should have maybe considered that more of a red flag. But yeah, yeah.
1: I remember there were days where he would wake up. He'd tell me he's going to the gym and then he wouldn't come home all day and sometimes all night for the first time being like, oh, no worries. Like he got caught up with the boys, played Xbox all day or whatever the fuck it was. And then the third, fourth, fifth time, sixth time it happened. (laughs) I just remember being like, I feel like a single fucking mom. I'm also the one running our business and maintaining our business while you're out doing these things. And that's just what became so normal and expected in my role within that relationship.
0: See, that's interesting that you say that because I, so I have a stepmom. So I coming into it and when we started dating, I was just like, I sure have told him like, I'm best friend until we are like something more concrete. Like I just right. don't want to be in this child's life as more than that, and then be gone. And so, yeah, I felt that push more than that. Like immediately, like within the first month of dating, it was just like he wanted me to be mom. Like that's yeah. how I felt. He wanted me to move in, and he wanted me to do all the things, and yeah. it was very much like fill this role like, fill this role, I gotta find someone, like, I don't really care who it is, as long as they make me look good, fill this role, like, looking back, I see that that's what it was now, but um, for his son's sake, I just wanted to be his best friend, and, like, I think that we had a really good relationship in that way, and, like, I'd Mm -hmm. like to think that I made a good impact on his life, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's all really sad, at the end, he, like, looked at me, and was like, are you Fallon, like, didn't even know if I was like what girl I was, which is disgusting, but, um, that's what I like shed the most tears over that it was the hardest thing for me to like process, but I just, I hope he's protected and I hope he just, it makes him a more empathetic and strong person.
1: I I believe that there are angels that walk this earth and I believe that you and I were one of them for him because, While we maybe were not there to raise him his entire adolescent years, we were big parts of that. And we were both good influences in that aspect. And I truly believe, looking back, that I was there for that reason, because I don't think that if his dad was by himself or completely single, that things would have been as stable as they were or as healthy as they were because we were there.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I agree.
1: Okay, so I know that post-breakup, you've done a lot of research on relationships with narcissists and kind of studying that dynamic in order to not only understand what happened to you and what you went through and what we we both went through, um, but to also help with future relationships and understanding your own personal dynamic. So do you want to talk about any of the major patterns that you saw or... Kind of what that brought to light and how it helps you look
0: back on this relationship. So I think that everyone should have a class on narcissism. It's just something that if you don't think that way, you don't understand it until you do. And then you can see it and you're like, okay, it's very narcissistic behavior. And I'm a psychology major, so I wasn't completely like in the dark to narcissism um, going into it. But it's really different when you experience it firsthand there's a book I got, I think it's called Narcissist and Empath. It's I got it on Amazon. Yeah. But it was so helpful to me. Just doing the research really gets you out of all that confusion that you feel when you're being told that everything's your fault and just everything is a lie. And you're just in this like whirlwind and you can't calm down your nervous system. Like when you're in that state, you need something to kind of like clear your head and make you feel not um. It's crazy. So look, I did my research online, um, Googling, getting the book, like even TikToks of narcissists. They are so similar. It's so crazy to me that like how similar they are. It's like, it truly has to be a mental disorder or a mental illness because they like, the stories are identical, the whole, um, so yeah, so you asked me what the signs are, I'll go through that, so number one, love bombing, everyone knows that one, it's like, you want someone to be obsessed with you, of course, but there's a line, it's like, yeah. they're telling you that they love you, and they, after two weeks, and they haven't asked you a single question about yourself, it's probably a red flag for a narcissist, Um, they, they do this thing, I think, specifically the scammer it was just like i almost felt like he wanted someone to be the solution to his problem that he knew yeah. he had it was like he wanted it to be me in that instance he wanted me to be like this perfect thing that was going to make him like not this awful person i guess like deep down i think that um so yeah they're searching they're filling a void they truly can't be alone so if they're bouncing from yeah. person to person they they're like an empty vessel to me like there's not a whole lot inside there's not a whole lot of soul it's like they just need something to feed off of like truly energy vampires so if they're bouncing from person to person that's not a good sign um can I just pause you quick
1: yeah like I forgot about these things up until you just said this but the way you were talking about them being empty vessels and how they will actually start to mirror your own personality (laughs) and take on your own traits. I remember there being a time where I was hanging out with him and all of his family. And I made a comment about how him and I were so similar. It was almost like we're the same person. And his dad looked at me and he said, "Ken's, you guys are absolutely nothing alike. And I remember being like, that's weird. His dad thinks we're nothing alike. Like that's so crazy because we're literally the same fucking person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. That's what I started to catch on to, too. It was just like, do you actually feel that way or do you feel that way because I feel that way? Or do you want to do this because I like it? And it's just like, it like slowly came out where I could just, again, just feels like it was totally unauthentic, but that's how they get you. They just mirror exactly what you, they think that you might want. And it works yeah. at first, but you can't keep yeah. that up forever, obviously.
1: Yeah, no. And I remember when he started dating you and you're like a really artsy girl, like you have your own style, you know what I mean? I remember seeing his style of clothing change to the point where he was wearing like hats and rings and jewelry, like all these artsy things. Where I'm just like, who the fuck are you? Like I was, I was genuinely confused. I thought it was like a Halloween costume or like a party or
0: something like that. I feel like I can picture the outfit that you're talking about. I just
1: remember being like, this is, I mean, good for him, you know, glow up, do your thing, like whatever. But until I got to know you and like saw your style I was like oh my god actually this just makes sense because he was just trying to fit the
0: same aesthetic exactly yeah yeah it is a weird I feel like that one doesn't get enough attention in narcissist it's kind of a like sneaky one to look for but nice. yeah they're and it's hard to find um you kind of got to wait it out and see if it's actually them especially if you don't know them before like he caught me two days into moving here is when I met him or whatever, less than a week. And like, we didn't start being anything until a lot later, but still like, I didn't have a chance to hear because he didn't have a good name around here. So if I would have just, you know, waited, waited out a little bit and maybe heard some things, then he wouldn't have been able to like fool me so much, but yeah, it was like very strange. And even like the level of depth, like you seem like a deep person and you actually give thought whether it's like self-awareness introspection or like um existential and he just <laughs> you can he clearly naturally doesn't but he would try. So I'm someone that's like like look at the stars like do you think I don't know like something philosophical I like quantum physics. I love to hear about that stuff and like talk about that stuff. And he would try and it would just sound like so ridiculous <laughs> like like, it was just so not him. Like, he's clearly never had that thought ever before. Like, tell me more. We've been dating for months now, trying to get something out of him. Like, what's your soul look like? Like, not to be too cliche, but like, seriously, what, who are you? I don't know you. Mm-hmm. And I never, that was always missing for me. It was just like, there was always like an, I don't know this person. Even after eight months, it was just like, I don't really know you. Like I do, but I don't know. So that that's definitely a weird thing to, to feel about someone that you've known for so long and that you've spent so much time with and wake up with. It's just like, I don't even really know who you
1: are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Hip and I were living out in New York, there was one weekend where we had a friend out in Philly. We would drive back and forth, like going to spend the weekend there sometimes. And I didn't go this particular weekend because I had my MCAT coming up. And so I was studying. I was like very very in my books for like eight to 12 hours a day and I was like you know what just go without me because I want to stay and study and I had a tarot reading this was like one of my first tarot readings and I remember her telling me one that this guy I was with had like a massive mask on like she's like I don't know what this is but like this mask is so thick this person is hiding everything about them and that was when she had told me for the first time that like he was cheating on me. I had no idea at that point. Uh, um found out a couple days later, but it was one of those things where she gave me this reading, was talking about this mask and the very next morning I woke up and I went out onto the balcony and there was a raccoon sleeping on the balcony. And at uh-huh. first I was like I was like I was like what the fuck? First of all, how does this raccoon get up to this height of a building and why is he sleeping right in front of my door like he's on my balcony I almost fucking stepped on him because I didn't see him thank god I didn't but I remember this was right when I was starting into starting to get into spirituality and I looked up the meaning of a raccoon like spiritually and they're a masked animal they have like the mask on their face and that for me was like holy shit I just had this reading where she's telling me about this mask Now there's this random fucking animal somehow way up on my balcony in the middle of the city where you Mm -hmm. don't see that. And it was not even maybe 24 hours, two days later, I find out from a girl who messaged me on Instagram and was like in my request folder, which after being with him for a while, anytime I saw a requested message in my Instagram, I already knew what it was. Um, But she was like, Hey, by the way, I just found you your your man's out on tinder like he's inviting me over like all this other stuff but I was just like this is the most insane because I didn't I didn't know what a mask meant at that point uh-huh. all I knew is that I had the pieces and the evidence and this psychic woman telling me what was going on and I was just like holy fuck this That's is insane. divine
0: intervention and I think I mean I've had my instances where I swear to god di- divine intervention there's no reason for things to have clicked as much as and came together for me to find out so much and like that it just it really feels like the coincidences were too much um to get me out of there so Yeah. yeah I don't know something's fighting against his presence which doesn't it, I
1: think you and I are just extra protected you know yeah, what I,
0: mean? <laughs> yeah I, I like to think that too they're
1: like get these nice girls out of this fucking situation because this man will quite literally use abuse break and fucking dump yeah. uh, onto the next
0: yeah okay and that's another thing is at first I kind of was thinking like how did I attract such a dark energy person and mm-hmm. I kind of just like what like I gotta do some soul searching if this is the type of person I'm attracting and then I kind of shifted my perspective into thinking and realizing that those people are so desperate for a light that they find one in uh-huh. other people and then they suck it out of them because they don't know how to like, they just know they need it, but they, they're a black hole. So yeah. I think that's like an important thing too, for anyone that might be going through something like this um, and having like those feelings, they, it's definitely like a thing that <clears throat> they need a light. And also like energy transfers. I saw like, you already did a podcast on this, but that whole thing feels real to me too. Cause I just like felt mm. so drained. And even a little bit after being with him, I was just like, I'm just not myself. Like it took me a minute to get back to like my own energy. Yeah. Um, so that's another reason to just be careful who you're like being with. Yeah. And- I remember sending you the meditation like, and
1: being like, this was my fucking Hail Mary. Like I, again, I was- I was doing it all on my own, trying to figure it out, which is why I built the boot camp that I did, why I had the program I had and why I wrote my book. Because there's actually like science and processes that can help you go through this. But when I was first trying it out, I was like, I don't know how this is going to make sense. I don't know how this is going to work. But I remember the first time I did it and I was like, holy shit, I feel more myself than I have in years. Wow. And that's another characteristic of a narcissist They go for incredibly high achieving, highly intelligent, confident, powerful women. And it's because that's how they see themselves. But again, those relationships never work because they were never truly that person or on that level to begin with. They were just faking it till they tried to make it. But again, the making it part never comes in. So instead, what they'll do is they'll bring you back down to their level like i said i i felt like my soul was sucked out of me i mm-hmm. felt like i truly if i didn't leave that relationship it was going to be me saying a death to my true self and it probably sounds dramatic but that is oh. word for word like how i felt
0: yeah no i definitely felt a version of that i mean you were in it longer so i do th- I'm like grateful that I got out when I did but I was not like my energy was completely off I also felt so drained it took me a while to regulate my nervous system yeah. I was like flinching at everything for the first few months most somewhat because I was afraid but also just like just so off I like didn't even realize that you could be that off from a situation like I I don't know I just really felt like it affected me a lot. And this whole like vampire soul sucking thing is like, sounds really dramatic, but I swear it's real. Like, yeah, it is. And um people like that, unfortunately, are always going to be like that because they need someone to feed off of. Like, it's just, it's not going to change. That's an important thing with narcissists too. It's like, I'm not going to say never, ever, ever, but pretty much never. Are is it going to, fix itself especially when it's to that extent it's a spectrum and he's like on the like so he's he's on, on. yeah there's there was no part of me once i saw it i was just like no <laughs> like i i have been through enough to know like don't try to change someone that much so um i'm glad that i was exposed to as much as i was at once cuz it was just like a get the hell away from me i don't care what you have to say about any of this cuz continued lying till the very end um but like I know enough to know that you are just like not a person that I ever want to speak to or see again
1: yeah yeah so So you mentioned that after the breakup you were kind of flinching you said that you were scared and I also remember feeling really scared do you want to talk a little bit about like what specifically you were scared of happening
0: yeah um well okay so one instance that kind of stuck with me was I think this was before we had he would like kind of break up with me all the time for like two hours to like maybe go do whatever he wanted or something over like me not coming over <laughs> like ridiculous but so maybe it was one of those fights but he broke into my apartment when I was at my old place one time like knew the code didn't know he knew the code came in woke up he's standing over me and yeah um laughed through coffee on like, the wall, like, it was a whole thing, and that was the only instance in the relationship where I was, like, all right, I might not be, like, physic, not only am I not mentally safe, but, like, potentially not physically safe, Um, but then it was really more so just when I saw that it was a completely different person than I knew, and that, like, it could be that much of a 180 that I was, like, what the hell are they capable of, you know, like, I just, I didn't know anything. Nothing was certain to me. I didn't trust anything at that point. So, um, yeah, I mean, we had like a glass, we have a glass door here and I had like canvases when we first moved in, like up against it. Cause I was just like, I cannot, I didn't want him to know where we lived. I didn't know. I didn't want him to know anything about me. Cause I was just like, who is this person genuinely? Like, do I think that he's physically violent? No. But do I know that? No, (laughs) I have no idea who this person is. So, um, and then I knew, uh, actually, he had told stories about how um, his ex ex was violent with him. And right. I was just like, blindly believed that because why would anyone lie about that. And then I started to think since he has this thing with projection of if he's accusing you of something, he's the one that's doing it. Or if he said that this person did it, then he's the one that did it. So I was just like, well, what if he was the one that was actually, like, physically abusive? I don't know. So yeah I just plus like the whole just I was on edge all the time in general I was just like I'm not taking my chances he's a big guy like huge guy yeah also I when I did go over there to um break the news that I found out that he was cheating and just leave pick up my stuff I gathered it all up told him he would never see me again he did never see me again like left and um barely raised my voice definitely did not touch him And then he told his roommate, that told my roommate, that he beat me up, or that I beat him up, sorry. (laughs) That I beat him up. I was like, and that was like immediate, like it got back to me immediately. I was like, Ari, really? First of all, if you're gonna make up a lie, make up a better one. Yeah, (laughs) not even half the size of you. Like, also the fact, like that just is him in a nutshell of you got caught doing something very not cool (laughs) and like shitty. And then you had to spin it around and make the other person seem like they were doing something worse. Like, I, I think that one's pretty comical to me. Like the, some of the stuff he came up with was just like, really? Like I beat you up really? <laughs> so, yeah. um, so yeah, all of that in general just like made me feel like I, I wouldn't put it past him to do anything like that. I mean, just like anyone that's that unstable, you have to be careful with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think that that's what our brain and our nervous system goes to, but that's truly the extent and degree of which the lack of safety brings to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like on top of that, I told him like, do not, like there was no unclear communication as far as like on my side, it was like, do not talk to me again. I don't want anything to do with you I hope you get help I wish your family the best Mm -hmm. at the time um and yeah it was just like very over it like I literally was like don't contact me I'm gonna like call the police leave me alone um and then it became obvious I don't know exactly when this happened after the breakup but um it became obvious that he wanted to like cause me pain then it wasn't enough to just like let me go because he messed up it was like okay I can tell that he was like out to get me like the big one is th- he exploited me he like yeah. threatened me first um with things that he had of me uh, very personal things and at the time not a doubt in my mind was thinking that like he would ever do that like I felt very comfortable with him having those for some reason I mean we were dating and like yeah I just never would have fathomed that he would do what he did with them. And um, yeah, so I think it got to the point where, I mean, I wasn't nice when I broke up with him. I was like, you suck, dude. Like you're a pathetic excuse for a man because he was, and like that didn't go very well in his ego. So now he's the victim and now he has to, you know, do something to make himself feel better. And also he was broke. So those two yeah. things worked up pretty well and he saw his, maybe sister doing well on certain platforms and he had this whole vault of pictures of women including me and um he saw an opportunity double opportunity to one be disrespectful as he possibly could to me and two to be less broke yeah (laughs) so he took that and it was, he denied it and denied it and denied it. I, it was literally up. I had screenshot proof and that only until I sent him the screenshots of, um, people paying his friend, people paying like for very obvious, like it was all very obvious. It was undeniable. And he finally admitted it because (laughs) he wanted his Apple ID password back. And I was like, I don't know. I might have it. I don't know. I don't really know what's going on with your Apple ID bro. But like Maybe if you delete everything and you show me that you've deleted everything, then you can have it back. If I have it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> still stay. I don't know who has his Apple ID password, but, um, and deleted all of it. And everyone, every other girl's picture is hopefully off of that phone because he's a predator. And the, I went to the police immediately, um, and they didn't do anything because I wasn't 18. Yeah. Because I was 18. Um, and Then I went to a lawyer and he was like, the police should not have done that. That's not a thing. And I went back to the police um, and got a restraining order. I got a woman to talk to this time and got a restraining order and all that. And that really made me feel a lot safer because I was like, he's not gonna, he cares about his reputation too much to deal with like whatever might happen if he breaks his restraining order. So that was a big push to get him away from me. I highly recommend doing that if you feel unsafe with people. But yeah, so I went through that whole thing and, uh, you know, paid some money to get the cease and desist order. And I think that that was helpful because, again, he respects, I think, some level of authority and the fact that, okay, other people know about this now. It's not just me. You can't just gaslight me. You're going to have to gaslight the cops now. You're going to have to gaslight this lawyer now. Like, so I think it definitely made him stop. Um, Well, because he was guilty. He knew he was guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have. A text message I have plenty of text messages that are just like repulsive for a man to say but um when I finally got him to admit that he did it he I asked him why and I like I I began to know how to like pull things out of him it was like if yeah. you get him work enough so it was like what you're ma- not making enough money in crypto to like you have to sell pictures of your ex-girlfriend and um that got him and he was like no, I'm doing just fine. Actually. Uh, I just thought I could get a steak dinner out of it. And I was like, so you sold me for a steak dinner for what reason exactly? What did I do to you again? Like the fact that he can justify that in his head, probably to this day is like absurd to me. Like that to that level is just like, you should be locked up dude. the fact that you think that is just like absurd. Never got any type of apology. Never got any type of admission. Like just moved, He just moved on. He's like, I need a blank canvas to like pour all my lies on like, yep, I was very thankful for. But um, that left me to just be like, what the fuck just happened? I'm with someone now. And I very much trust him, like actually, and um, I know that he would never do anything like that. But like, for a while, it was just like, he kind of like takes that part away from you a little bit. Like they it just feels you feel so violated. Yeah. So um I was very disappointed in the justice system and I could have continued the case but to be honest it was being stretched out and I just wanted to be done with even like speaking or thinking of the situation. Yeah. So I let it go. Um I wish that it would have been like more like speedy and um he would have had any consequence in that specific way. Yeah. Um, I mean he does so many things that are not very legal that like eventually the justice system will get them. But like, sometimes that can be tough. And I don't consider myself like a victim or anything, but I do kind of empathize with people that might be victims to, you know, sexual abuse and, and even more physical and traumatic way that aren't heard. It's like, I got a little taste of that. And I was like, that's heartbreaking that that's out there. Yeah. And it there's nothing more helpless than feeling like i'm telling you what happened and you're not listening like it's so it's so not okay um and i know that that happens a lot with other cases so i just hope that um that's changing in the near future hopefully and uh that anyone that doesn't feel heard you are and like you're not alone um and yeah, sometimes the court system and the police aren't always. I'm, I don't want to say on your side, but again, it takes like a lot of. It's very factual, and even if you do have the facts, and you're like, "Duh, look at this." Anyone in their right mind would know that this is this, but you don't have that one piece of missing information or something like how you were saying. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the universal hand it, handle it if uh, the justice system doesn't. So I'm. Yeah. I, like, don't care what he's up to, but if I ever hear secondhand that something happened and justice was served, I would not be upset. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it will. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that, first of all, that dude's life is as good as he tries to pretend it is. And, like, his life, his entire life is a lie. (laughs) I made a painting that was, like, how's your life? And it's crossed out the F. It's, like, how's your lie?" Like that's the epitome of him. and and we went through it. so you can't think that it's going to be different after you, you know, like it, the same things are still happening, and yeah. the person's not changing. So
1: I remember the day that you told me what happened and I found out. and i i I remember crying that day because I was so hurt for you, and the final straw. and I maybe maybe I've told you this, maybe I haven't. but um when we were living in florida he was on his phone doing some sort of like coin launch or whatever was going on and so he was like deep in his phone and female intuition i knew something was up like i could just feel it and i went over to our bedside table and i found his old ipad and the dudes got the same password for everything so (laughs) i
0: (laughs) i not know what it is
1: So I go into this iPad, and it's not even the fucking home screen of like when you open an iPad. It was me inside of this photo vault where there were hundreds of videos and photos of not only me, but all of his past girls, girls that he's gotten photos from because that's his thing. Like he wants photos from girls. Like if he hits you up, he's always asking for photos. And, um, I saw this vault and I immediately was just so sick to my stomach that that was when everything kind of like flipped off for me. It was, you know, honestly, the way I can describe it, the best way I can describe it is like in that moment, I lost all feeling. And at that point, I was out of the relationship within 24 hours, but it was one of those things where I couldn't look at him. I couldn't talk to him. It became funny for me because I was just like, like, you know, when you're so mad that you're just now like, it's comical. It's just one of those things that you can't feel anymore. That's what happened. And so I deleted the entire vault when I was with him or not when I was with him, when I had the iPad. And then I later confronted him about it. And I said, Hey, this is what I found. And he's like, Oh, I was, I was just in there going through it because I wanted to give the iPad to my son so he could play games, blah, blah, blah. And again, if this lie, like this lie, maybe would have worked on me in the first couple of months whatever it was at that point I was like bro you're not gonna you're not gonna sway me again like this ain't happening and also too if you were getting it ready for your son then why the fuck was it left open and then tucked back into the drawer like that's not you downloading games for your son that's you jacking right. off to whatever the fuck you're jacking off to Also, hundreds, like hundreds hundreds
0: I'm talking after- of just like a, a little folder not that that would no. one- a cool thing to stumble upon but like hundreds this man has a fucking collection
1: over years and years and years and years and they're like it was just it was the final breaking point for me where I was like this man is not a man this is not a human this is this is someone who has a serious sex addiction and a porn addiction and again he's telling me he's getting it ready for his son and I was like well no problem I did that for you I deleted all of it and I remember him in that moment getting so fucking mad that I genuinely was, I was oh, I was a little
0: fearful. There's plenty instances where I've just been like, you are literally a pervert.
1: I remember deleting them and I told him, I told him what I had found. It
0: was the one thing where I was like, thank God, thank
1: God. But it also broke my heart because when that happened to you, I was like, oh my God, does he have them anywhere else? Does he have photos of me? Does he have photos of his other exes? He could make fucking millions off of the collection that he had over time.
0: I hope to God that it scared him enough that he wouldn't do that. And he just went to Hooters and found someone that would do it. for for like. Yeah, she did. She was already doing it. So like he figured that one out. But um, yeah, and then I hope that I think I deleted it again hopefully okay. maybe off of the iCloud um but yeah I let's just hope cuz I mean I I watched him delete everything of me um because he needed something from me he never would have done that otherwise right. um but yeah it's just disgusting there's so many things looking back that's just like so like I don't know if that's like a narcissistic trait the whole like sex addiction slash like not even just that it's like a twisted like the more like harmful to other people the better like like putting me in a room with other girls that he had been with without like my knowledge on purpose my entire business dude I'm telling you
1: I the business that we built was made up of girls that he's previously hooked up with previously sexted with previously had relationships with like it It had to have just been the biggest joke to these other women. And again, these other women came in wanting to learn to make money online, and they were fucking terrified to work with me and talk to me because they thought
0: that I was going to hate them,
1: even though I obviously knew. No, it's
0: not you. Yeah, even like the girl that um, I reached out to, I'm just like, listen, in no way is this ever your fault. Like, I just want to know the story. And she was like, cool, like I've been in this position before. But that's what people need to know, too, is like, I feel like we... (laughs) are trained to blame the woman like oh yeah. like we compare ourselves to other women and get jealous and stuff and it's like oh like you slept with that hoe like whatever you are going to say but like that's just not the case she was manipulated she was not told what happened so yeah pinning women against each other is very much um a shitty guy tactic and like that needs to stop because look what has come against or come up after getting over that hurdle of like not like he tried to pin us against each other he tried to pin me against the other girl he told me some things about her that I wouldn't like or even the previous girl like from the very beginning told like pretended like she was like talking shit about me and stuff and I'm just like we have to be better than to not see through that for Mm -hmm. like that's such an easy tactic for them to go to and it works a lot of the time and yeah that you're gonna have a few girls here and there that aren't girls girls and they're not cool and maybe they are like not on your side but I think the vast majority of the time if women would just talk to each other a little bit more we could just avoid these things and then they'd have nowhere to hide like these dudes wouldn't just be able to bounce around from person to person but that's another thing I don't you mentioned this earlier um some type of like survivor's remorse of like wanting Mm -hmm. to reach out to the next person or kind of warn the world. Like, I don't want anyone to ever go through what I went through. So like, how do I stop it? And everyone's like, Oh no, don't do anything. It's not your fight. But like, you feel so personal about like personally attached to this and like, you know, it's going to happen again. So that's a whole like thing to navigate in itself of, yeah, what lines do you cross what lines don't you um how do you warn other women like yeah everyone has their own journey and lessons and everything happens for a reason but it's hard to sit back and watch um like when he was going from girl to girl I was just like I hope she's smarter than I was like Mm -hmm. I hope that he's a little bit more unstable right now so he doesn't have it together and she just figures out and leaves because she's not signing up for what she thinks she is like yeah yeah No, and that's, that's why I wanted to do this
1: podcast so bad because, again, I think it is a really hard thing to approach because ultimately, I think it comes down to women being secure within themselves. And when a woman's secure within herself, she has the capacity to open up and be honest and be vulnerable with another woman knowing that. Regardless of the outcome, like she at least said her piece, she at least tried to support whatever it is. But when women are not secure within themselves, that's when those insecure voices come in like I'm competing with this girl or this girl is superior to me or inferior to me. And that's where I think a lot of that comes in for me being with him. I was constantly insecure about myself because he was always looking at other women, always entertaining other women, always sending off the vibe of come fucking talk to me i'll i'll buy you a shot while we're out or whatever the fuck it is like that was his energy and so it made other women the, like the enemy to me yep. and again it, i'm so grateful that all this happened to me because i've been able to heal and grow from it and i'm a completely different woman than i was back then
0: yeah how can you it's not like, be when you go through something like that honestly it's just... exactly
1: and that's why i'm so fucking passionate about the work that i do because you can call it the glow up you can call it the fucking like heartbreak revenge whatever you want to call it at the end of the day what my work does is it creates
0: secure women and then well i feel like we're all waking up honestly like i feel like the needle is moving here and men have benefited bad men have benefited off of pinning girls against each other and like Mm -hmm. saying oh yeah, girls are crazy. Like that one has been exist for so long. And admittedly, not even until a few years ago, did I not like, did I even second guess that? I was like, oh yeah, girls are crazy. There must be, she's probably crazy. Like, no, that's, she's probably not. Or she probably has some crazy that she can unleash when you do something like 10 times worse. Like if they, we gotta like stop with these things that we were fed and just question them a little bit more. Like- but um yeah I just I definitely experienced that and fell for it for a few of the times um with the girls of just like he would say that other girls wanted him that was a big thing too is like she wants me or I'm she's so ugly I don't even want her and like that was the girl he cheated with or something and like um Yeah. Just a lot of, a lot of comparison. I noticed that too. Like we would go um, one time we went in a bar and it was a kind of nicer, it was like a, um, not even a club. It was like an event space, I guess. And everyone was dressed really nice. It was kind of fancy. And he literally pauses, looks around and says, yeah, you're the hottest girl in here. Like not as a compliment to me, as a compliment to himself. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) yep that is just not it's just absurd that that was kind of like what was going on in his head and what he thought not only did you think that but you said it out loud (laughs) so now yeah and like that has just made me so much um like appreciate so much more good men that do value women and don't hate women and you can tell that they like Are just like genuine souls it's i've always valued that but it's brought a whole new appreciation to men and just other people that are like that and um because i know how on the other spectrum it can be so okay so i have a couple final questions for you
1: what steps have you taken to move forward and create a positive empowering future for yourself and i want you to even more specifically like talk about your business and where you've been able to like go with that
0: Sure, yeah, um so <clears throat> I do think originally it was I never felt like I didn't like love myself or anything, but when you're put in that position to feel like basically you're treating be not being treated like a human being, like someone hates you and thinks that little of you that it kind of sparks something in you of like, you know what? I love myself. like you kind of have to fight back. And when I was talking to you about like during that time, you helped me find ways to do that. So that was my first initial step was just like, no, no, like I don't deserve to be treated like this. No one deserves to be treated like this. And I'm actually pretty freaking awesome. Like (laughs) I need to get back to who I was before this. And I knew that it was only a matter of time before I did. Um, and I was very patient with myself. Uh, again, I think that you kind of influenced that of just like not being, like mean to myself about what had happened, and um, giving myself like those date nights, like you talked about, or, like take yeah. yourself on a date, or do like an act of self love. As like little and kind of cheesy as it sounds, it works so well. It's just like it really works to like, kind of take those first steps and pull you out. So that helped a lot. I surround myself with so many good people and like authentic, good souls that give me energy after that happened i noticed there was a few other people that might not like i never felt i always felt drained and like worse about myself after hanging out with them so just cutting everything like that out of my life um yeah it's kind of the first step and then with all this time i had to not be (laughs) defending myself at every second of the day and stuff i started painting a lot more, and um, I got some more clients. I have a marketing business uh, that I do by myself, and I love the freedom of that. I love um, that it also gives me an opportunity to paint, which I've gotten a lot of, more than I expected of opportunities as an artist in the area which was never something that I thought I would ever pursue. I never thought it was like realistic to pursue it, but I have a mural that I'm doing next month. I've sold pieces for three grand now. And I'm like, even to even say that is like, how like 10 year old me would be freaking out that I've done that. And it's truly what I love. And I just think that through all this, it's kind of shook me. It shook everything up enough for me to be like, okay, that was so horrible. What are you afraid of, of following who you really are? You know, like it can't get worse than that. So you should go for it. And, um, I have, and I do think that when you're being, um, doing what you love and doing what you feel like your intuition is telling you to do things just come more naturally to you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've tried, I've done a little bit of marketing for my art but a lot of times I just stumble into things and I'm working with an interior designer now and doing custom pieces for her and projects and it's like it just feels so organic and natural when you're doing what you really want to do. Another thing is like he told me when he was doing his business stuff he literally would tell me like you don't have it in you like you don't have what it takes you don't have the drive or whatever I'm like like and I was just like oh I don't have what it takes to be like I don't have that mindset and I have developed that mindset and I'm very proud of myself for um doing that and like learning how to be kind of a boss bitch like I never would have pictured myself being like that but it's fun I love the control I have over it I love that no one can take it away from me Mm -hmm. I love that I can say I'm genuinely doing what I want to do and um it's definitely not all rainbows. Like, it's not always easy to have your own business. And yeah, uh, no. Yeah, it's there's definitely times. There's times where I'm like, hell yeah, like I'm killing it. I'm so happy that everything is working out. And then there's times where I'm just like, call my dad. And I'm like, dad, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I just can't. It It's definitely like a roller coaster to run your own business and just feel like you're doing the best and the worst at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've really enjoyed, like, finding that part of myself, and um, I do think that kind of out of that maybe sparked um, also a spiritual awakening for me, too, which has inspired my art a little bit, I will say, and, like, any good emotions, bad emotions, anything in my life, like, makes me want to create something, so that could have been, like, a push for me to start painting a little bit more. Um, It's very healing for me, so... I always believed in good and bad. I always believed in like energy to an extent. And I was always very curious about it, but I've never felt like I truly like understood it or saw it as clearly as I do now that you're either working for love and light or you're working for something else. And you're very lost and evil's preying on you because you're weak. Like that's how yeah. I it now. and yeah. it's motivated me even more to just be like, you're working for the light, like you're spreading light. And there's always going to be people that are trying to like take your energy or contaminate your energy. And um knowing that, I think education of that and narcissism and stuff is so helpful to protect yourself from that. Cause yeah. whether you're empath, whether you're just a loving person that wants to spread joy and wants to see everyone happy, like. That's a very vulnerable place to be. If you're feeling ever, like everything around you and stuff, you have to set boundaries as an empath or one of those people. Um, so I think being a healed empath is like one of the most powerful things ever. But you definitely have to navigate um, how to successfully do that. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Might have to take some pretty traumatic events, but you'll get there.
1: Yeah. No, it's so true. And. I think you said it so perfectly and I I recognize a lot of my own journey in what you were saying too because when you are a creative, it doesn't have to necessarily look like art. It doesn't necessarily have to look like coaching or creating programs or writing books. There's, there's so many different mediums in which people can create, you know, and I think that one of the things that is so easily overlooked with entrepreneurship is the fact that we create For the people that we want to serve, but we're also doing it for ourselves just as much. That is a form of healing for us. It is a form of expression for us. And it's just as, like I know for me in my coaching programs, it's just as healing for me to go through those conversations and have those breakthroughs and things like that with these people because it holds me accountable and it continues to help me grow. So, yes, is it one-sided of like, yes, we're selling a product or we're, we're signing new clients or we're painting murals or whatever it is. Sure. You can see it from that aspect, but it's a piece of us that gets to come through and it is inspired by the things that we've been through and the further into alignment that we get. And I think that a lot of my clients have also said that there's such a spiritual evolution and elevation that happens after a breakup because- Sometimes you're not allowed to access those higher realms or those higher versions of yourself because of the people that you're around. The universe Mm -hmm. cannot give you certain gifts when certain people are in your life. So you have to go through that journey and you have to sometimes be by yourself and do the scary things alone in order to access that and reach that. And your story just reflected a lot of those things that I also went through and I see a lot of my clients go through, but it's also really inspiring for anybody who listens. And either knows my story and now knows your story to know that when you do come out of that and you have those really tough feelings and realizations and healing moments going through life, even though it may not look like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, there is 100% a light at the end of the tunnel. And a lot of the times you find out it's your own light that you just weren't able to see before. You're actually the source of that and you get to embody it. And when you reach that point, it gets so fucking magnetized that it just becomes so obvious in every day to day action.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a reward at the end even if it doesn't feel like there is. You just have to get through the work. Like there's a reason that you're going through it. Um and that reason could even be sometimes I wonder like think of poetry and all the things that are out there that we need when we're hurting that the gent everyone needs when they're hurting it's like creating the thing that you're probably most afraid to create or you know it's you're scared to be vulnerable is probably what you need to create it's probably what someone else needs to hear Mm -hmm. so that could even be part of the reason that like it happened is you were called to because now I mean what happened to you and how you've grown um you've helped so many other people if there's a reason for everything, even if you can't see it yet. That's for sure. Um, yeah. yeah I
1: think I think this podcast is a great example of that too. This was an episode that I had thought about so much before I even reached out and asked you about it. And, and when I did reach out, I was like, Oh God, like this is a vulnerable share. There are not many people who want to sit down and open up about the things that they've been through in creating this. We're going to help save so many women and not even save, but just awaken and enlighten in ways that are going to benefit them, maybe in their romantic li- relationships, but also in so many different aspects of life. And that is is the true purpose of our work. When you are somebody who is a light worker and really tries to serve for the greater good, you have to do some of the scary things and you have to be uncomfortable and you have to be willing to be really open and vulnerable with it, which does not come easy for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think just awareness in general is like, I've been one of those girls that needed to hear it before. I've been the person searching for things that would make, help me make sense of what was happening and found them. And like, Got so much comfort out of it. So anytime anyone is going through anything in the realm of what I did, like, I want to help so much. I want to help anyone that not go through this and then prevent it from happening and keep these people from getting away with it over and over and over again. It's just it's not fair. Things like this are very necessary. and hopefully pushing the needle of women, you know, talking to each other about things that, Can help protect each other from, like, I just, I honestly love women and I think that we're so powerful. And I just hate when, like, we don't, like, a woman doesn't see it yet because I've been hurt too. Like, we are so powerful. We need to trust our instincts. We need to trust our relationships that we're so good at building with each other. Like, I mean, like, we've met each other a few times, but we can talk to each other like a therapy session. (laughs) Like, that's, that's literally, so beautiful I think and it's powerful it's it's a superpower that women have so yeah okay final thing Um, were you gonna say something I just randomly like ADHD of quote popped into my head that I think yeah in this it's like in this society I might botch this in this society a woman loving herself is a rebel an act of rebellion Mm. I think think about that one a lot because it's just like anytime I'm like loving myself or whatever I'm just like there's a something in the back of my head just being like stop like people are gonna think you're conceited or whether I'm charging too much for painting yeah it's charging too much for a painting too much something I spent 20 hours on and I'm actually probably undercharging I'll tell myself like oh it's too much like no I'm just like no yeah this is you're rebellious (laughs) I
1: love that quote I feel like that is so empowering and liberating and allows you to stretch outside of the norm which
0: mm-hmm.
1: again for so long women have not been able to do yeah okay final question that i had okay. was just very simple if you could give yourself advice in the darkest moment of where you have been throughout this journey and what we've talked about today what would that be
0: that's a good question <laughs> hmm I would just say, don't lose hope. Like don't lose faith just because you're surrounded by dark energy. And that's all you can see. Cause that's all you're around. Like the world is a really big place. Don't get your, don't make your perspective permanent. Yes. This horrible thing happened to both of us. Um, and it, I did have my time where I was just like, fuck these dudes. Like, I just don't want any, like, I am terrified of them. Just stay away from me and uh, just had a very negative perspective on men, and just people, like, I never have experienced someone that was that, it felt disconnected, let's say, to any type of soul, <laughs> so it yeah. scared me, it shook me, and I I was a little bit, like, freaked out for a while, um, but that's just, like, that's my that was my perspective. That's what I was going through and I was experiencing. Keep going until you find what you're actually looking for. Don't get stuck in a certain experience or perspective or way. Like fight for your happiness, fight for what you really want, and you'll find it. I fucking love that.
1: I want to say thank you, Fallon, for opening up and sharing and being someone who wanted to come on and embody the message that you and I have been able to grow and learn through each other and again I know that so many women need to hear this and I just want to thank you for that because you've helped me grow and you've helped me impact more women than you can imagine so I'm just totally grateful yeah
0: yeah honestly I feel the exact same way about you you were an angel sent to me at a time where I really needed one so I appreciate our relationship and I mean, it's definitely not a normal one, (laughs) like, but no, I think that, um, I'm glad the universe brought us together. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, so I've genuinely learned a lot from you too. And just, um, following you and little things that you say, like you are really motivational. You're not just like saying things to say them you've done your research and you're truly passionate about what you do. And, um, yeah, you've definitely gave me some like aha moments. So I appreciate that. Thanks.
1: Okay. Love this. Thank you so much. And to everybody listening, thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. See you later.